0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Made for Life podcast, brought to you by the fine people at Tenkata Protective Fabrics. I'm your host, Stuart Perry, and on this show, we talk about men and women who depend on personal protective equipment in work as well as in life. It's been a while since we've seen you, but it's good to be back, and today I've got a very special guest. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, the men and women that face certain challenges on the job. We've talked to some firefighters, electrical workers, and today I thought we'd get another class of uh, first responder in. We're going to talk today about law enforcement officers. So my guest today is uh, Daniel Putnam. Danny, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. It's good to have you on. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Now, Danny, uh, I understand that now you are a detective with a with a title that said, well, one of your certifications uh, I caught me as funny when I was looking at your LinkedIn. Certified Economic Crime Forensic Examiner. That's a C-E-C-F-E <laughs> Now, what exactly does that mean? You, I'm assuming you're looking for guys uh, that I, would commit fraud in some way, right?
1: Yeah, I, I'm in the uh, the financial investigation sector now. I do a lot of financial, uh, like I said, investigations, cybercrime investigations, uh, things of that nature. More, and more white collar type stuff now.
0: So, nowadays on the job, I imagine that you're probably wearing a coat and a tie when you do your, when you do your work. Yeah,
1: that's about everyday attire
0: now. Yeah, so so you're up in the big leagues now. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't necessarily classify as big leagues, but yeah, it's a little different than than what you would think of as a, a normal patrol officer or a, uh an officer you
0: know wearing a, a, a uniform yes so. So what uh do, do, i don't know if we mentioned yet what department are you with i'm with the uh bibb county sheriff's office and that's in uh Macon, georgia Macon, georgia okay so speaking of, you just mentioned what a patrol officer would wear now i imagine that when you first started your career in law enforcement that you were just sort of a regular beat cop out on patrol doing what all the regular cops do is that right i was i was i did it for uh for several years
1: and uh like I said, I it worked up to field uh, training officer, corporal, in that position. I really enjoyed it. But there was uh, some some protective gear, I guess you could classify it, we did wear. Uh, obviously, the protective vest, Kevlar vest. Uh, of course, now I'm issued a, another vest. And I ca- I still carry both of those with me. We do a lot of, uh, even though I'm white-collar behind the desk, we still uh, conduct a lot of search warrants. Uh, we still conduct a lot of uh, just kind of escorting any type of uh, presidential candidates that may come in, uh, dignitaries, things of that nature to come in. So we still, I still put on the old suit every now and, <laughs> and then just to kind of, you know, stay protected. Uh, I guess you
0: would say. Stay in touch with it. Stay in touch with the common man is what you're trying to say, right? The yeah, it's pretty much. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, I've noticed in, in there's sort of a cross market phenomenon in the industries. For instance, I know that a lot of military fabrics are being put to use in special forces and, and law enforcement. And you hear a lot of people talk about the military militarization of the police force. Now, I'm not necessarily believing that that's 100% true, but in terms of the uniforms that the guys wear, aside from the tactical vests, uh, were they comfortable? Did you like uh, them? They
1: were. We actually, uh, when, when I first came on, we were making a police department. And, uh, and our uniforms, I, I believe, were poly, polyester-type material, a little thinner and a little bit more breathable. Uh, and after a couple of years, we actually consolidated into one larger unit uh, becoming the macon Bib Sheriff's Office. So I kind of went from a municipality of, of the city police to kind of a county sheriff's department. Uh, if people are familiar with Georgia, obviously the Savannah-Chatham kind of merged. That's kind of what macon Bib did. Yeah. And uh, the uniforms we switched over then were a little thicker cotton. So it was a mm-hmm. little, little harder, breathable material. So it it was definitely a little
0: thicker, a little hotter
1: when you're yeah. out on the street or out in the sun
0: especially in this Georgia heat yeah now some of the threats you might face aside from the more obvious ones when you're in danger you know obviously there's a risk to life and limb anytime you're out there enforcing the law but let's say you report to a crime scene and someone is injured Of course there's a danger I guess of bloodborne pathogens and things like that right That is correct. So did you have any any measure of protection from the from what you were wearing as apart from gloves or masks or anything like that?
1: Uh, well, we were I mean uh, obviously we carried uh, you know latex type gloves in our in our vehicle. Uh, there were several scenes that I responded to, and, and Macon being, uh, I wouldn't say crime-ridden, but I would just say busy would be the term we'd use. Macon being as busy as it is, there were several crime scenes that I did respond to that there was a lot of blood. Uh, there was wow. some, some life-saving type you know, situations that you had to get down, CPR, things of that nature. Yep. So you would be, you know, come in contact with, with blood. You would be covered in blood. Wow. And, as, and those times you don't have really time to, to stop, open your trunk, put your latex gloves on and go from there. So sure. uh, as far as protective equipment from, from uh, liquids, things like that, yeah. it, it really wasn't nothing for us. You know what I'm saying? There, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot out there.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that you've sort of run the gamut of, of your profession. You started out as a, like you said, just a regular patrol officer in a police department. And then when the merge happened. You, had you already worked your way up before then, or were you still just a, a patrolman when the merge happened?
1: I was. I was still a patrolman uh, at that time. That was in 2014, and uh, probably about a about a year after they, about six months after we consolidated, uh, I was transferred over to the CID uh,
0: unit. Now and what does that mean? Tell us what that means.
1: Well, so as a Central Investigation Division, I, I went into the property unit, and I at first worked property crimes. That's your normal. Burglaries, uh, entering autos, mm. uh, normal thefts, and then uh, there's a specialized unit within the property unit, and that's the financial crimes unit. and uh, And I've been on that for four, four to five years now.
0: Well, that it. Did- now, you'll forgive me for saying this. I know that your job is probably difficult, and you, and like I said, you've run the gamut. you filled a lot of roles. But do you find what you're doing now, and, and please, don't. I'm not trying to make funny. I'm asking an honest question. Do you find what you're yeah. doing now, I'm sure it's rewarding, but do you find it a little less exciting maybe, or it's not as adventurous, it doesn't feel as uh, sexy as they say, you're not really out there every day facing down the criminals, or, or, or is it really are, like you talking
1: the, about, are you talking about in the aspect of police work in general or the aspect of of? financial crimes, well, yeah,
0: yeah, crime well yeah yeah you're dealing with these white collar crimes i don't i don't imagine there are a lot of shootouts i mean i'm sure there's still danger just like you said when you have to execute a uh, search warrant or something like that but it seems like probably now you spend most of your time uh at a computer uh that that's true and but but for me i think it strikes each individual
1: uh separately i, I enjoy it. a lot of people don't they don't like the numbers they don't like the spreadsheets uh there's a lot of paperwork that goes into it court orders subpoenas uh, but I enjoy it. You know, I, I do sit behind, uh, you know, three monitors, 80% of my day. Uh, but like I said, a lot with the cyber crimes, digital forensic, uh, digital examinations uh, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy uh, trying to crack some people's hard drives or, or checking out cell phones, things of that nature. So uh, it, it's not for everybody. Uh, it does give me a rush. And like I said, we've done search warrants to the point of, Having to enter a house for for some you know violent individuals, or, or majority of my search warrants, like I said, are looking for documents, looking yep. for thumb drives, hard drives. So that, that excitement's not completely there. But then again, on a search warrant, you kind of never know what you're going to encounter.
0: That's so. true. Well, imagine also uh, the, another aspect of it. I, I realize that there's a hierarchy, your, your and you're you're working your way upwards. And I guess in some ways, it might be a relief not to feel so at risk at all. You know, when you're out on the street, there's, that
1: is true. Yeah. And the, the family definitely uh definitely doesn't mind the position I'm
0: in now. Yeah, I figure, and so, speaking of that, uh, based on our offline conversations, I understand that you are a family man, and you've got, uh, well, to put it bluntly, you've got quite a brood there at your place. How many kids you got, Danny?
1: <laughs> that, is, that is correct. I think I have eight children. It's Holy a blended cow. family. Wow. Uh, me and my wife been together for uh, pushing seven years now. I've been married wow. for five, and uh, yeah, we have uh, all the way from a newborn who is uh, six months old up to uh eighteen year old. who's about to graduate high school this year.
0: Holy cow! Now, the newborn—that's the one that you and your your wife have together, right? That, that is correct. And the other kids are are your your version of the Brady Bunch, so to speak. <laughs> that, that's correct. I
1: have uh I have uh two from a previous marriage, and uh she has five children with a set of twins. So we have uh like I said, six month old, uh a nine year old, wow, eleven uh, year old, thirteen year old. Two more thirteen-year-olds, twins, sixteen-year-old, uh, and an eighteen-year-old.
0: Well, that's a, that's a big family. So I I, I guess a, a cyber crimes investigators must do pretty well if you can keep up with all those guys, huh? <laughs> I guess you could say that.
1: <laughs> As a lot of people know, police officers do a lot of side, side hustle, side work. So what a lot you, of security jobs, late night type deal.
0: Yeah, I understand that a lot of cops do that, or maybe they do some private investigating or, or security, but I understand you've got a gig that's a little, a little different. What is it you do on the side, Danny? Uh,
1: well, we have a lot of, a lot of different things. And my wife is a, uh, an excellent photographer. She's, uh, she's been published in, in magazines and books. So she does a lot of realty photography. Uh, so she, she stays busy with that. Uh, we did a little bit of a uh, kind of a production business for a while, kind of blending uh, my side of music to her side of uh, digital photography and production. We did uh, some wedding, Stuff we had a little photo booth, uh, DJ some music, some lights. We provide to a lot of wedding venues and other things. Well, and, uh, well Danny,
0: let, let me just cut right to the chase here. The reason I'm asking is because you know uh, this is the age of the internet, and that it seems to me that I saw you dressed up like the Easter Bunny on the internet. Now, did that, did that <laughs> happen or did that? That
1: happen? is true. That, that that is kind of the direction that we have gone in and where we're at now. We don't do a lot of with stuff with weddings these days, but we she has purchased some uh, very nice costumes that we do. We do uh, Easter Bunny. Uh, we also do, uh, uh, Grinch. We also do, uh, just some other things, uh, Uncle Sam, Fourth of July type deal. People seem to, uh, enjoy renting those out and having those for their, uh, events. So, like I said, with the newborn, we did have to slow a lot of things down. So, when we do get out there do a little side stuff, it's not police or secure, security related on my end. That's, uh, kind of what we're doing. am actually, uh, bringing the family up in it. My, uh, 16 year old son now is, is kind of taking on the role of the Easter Bunny at a lot of these wow. events now.
0: So, that's great. It, it must be insane to have it's such a broad spectrum of ages with the kids, but uh, it's good because you get help from the older ones with the younger ones, I guess.
1: That is true. They uh, All the kids are, are very well put together. They they definitely have a good head on their shoulders. They're all heading in a good direction. They're doing great at school. I mean, they're really,
0: really good kids, and I, I couldn't say enough about them. So they get um, that from their mother, right? Is that what, is that what you're saying? They, they may. They may. Uh, well, Danny, we're running the clock, and I usually like to do about 15 to 20 minutes, so uh, We've talked a little bit about PPE and we talked about your role with the police department. Now, I, I always want to ask these questions. Uh, we I've had firefighters on before and I ask them, I say, what is some of the some of the stranger or crazier situations you've seen or been in? And I certainly don't want them to take us anywhere dark or to talk about bad stuff they've seen. Uh, Cause obviously yeah. I'm sure you've seen plenty, but yeah, is there any situation you could think of where you just said to yourself, holy cow, I can't believe I'm involved in this.
1: Um, yeah, like, like I said, being on patrol when coming through that, you actually, you know, every cop in, in a major city. Bibb uh, County has about 150,000 population. Uh, last year, we were pushing pretty high in homicide, about 50 to 55. ish uh, We rounded out the year. Okay. Uh, this year, we're 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 close to 20 already this year. So, of course, you know, incident scenes. Uh, like I said, with, with violence, it, that was some pretty major stuff. I would say some of the cases I've been involved in with financial. Have kind of blown my mind. I mean, I've seen uh, some guys uh, just recently had an elderly gentleman get some malware on his uh, on his desktop computer, and ended it up uh, transferring out ninety thousand dollars out of his savings in uh, wow. hopes to kind of get the malware removed. Uh, we've had cases of, of employees from certain uh, businesses and making you know, I wouldn't name names, but they uh <laughs> you know over over their tenure there, uh, kind of was kind of sideswiping some money from the business and. And I ended up accumulating about three and a half million dollars from the business.
0: Holy cow. And, so, uh, that's, so
1: normally, and like I said, normally when we have uh, over a certain amount, you'll have the, the feds step in for that, you know, and you know, how I, go. I mean, we'll work the whole case, put it all together. Then the FBI kind of shows up says, "Hey, uh, we're just going to take over this case. Appreciate all the files and all the hard <laughs> work you did. And I yeah. uh, will take it from here.
0: So. Well, that, that's what I was about to say in my mind, when I think of, uh, for one of a better term, local law enforcement, which I think you would probably, you think of yourself that way. Yes. Yes, that's great. So, le- when I think about, you know, these cyber crimes, but I guess if they're happening locally, then the local police have to address it, right?
1: Uh, that is true. When you look at the the statutes here in Georgia, uh, and a lot of other states kind of doubt the two, that uh, with identity fraud, identity theft, uh, financial transaction card fraud, things of that nature, it, there's really no jurisdictional bounds. I mean, if the victim is in Bibb County, then, yeah, I could, I could work the case. Uh, if it's on, on the Internet, as a lot of people know, the Internet of things... Uh, yeah we'll, we'll work the case I'll, I'll track it down i'll try to find your ip address uh and that, that's where it kind of goes back to a, a lot of that stuff kind of bores people but to me the uh i won't use the term attacking but uh let's just say uh penetration testing i, mm-hmm. I enjoy that part of it of trying to locate some of these suspects try to figure out where they are yep. and uh and go from there
0: when you mentioned the fbi will come in now when 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 it's a federal investi- in, excuse me—a federal investigation, I'm assuming that would in, in, involve, like, in, for instance, interstate commerce or interstate transmission of funds, where it becomes a federal crime. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Now, do you ever work with them, or do they just come in and swoop up all your information and say, "Have a good day. We'll oh. see you later"?
1: Uh it's kind of fifty-fifty. We've had some cases they just come in and swoop it up. We've had some cases that they, you know, we'll have a liaison come work with us. Uh, we also work have a liaison with the ATF, uh, with the U.S. Marshals Office, so. Kind of work hand in hand with with all the agencies are fairly well. Uh, normally, if it's something GBI handles, they're they're normally kind of on their own. You know, they can handle pretty much everything. Uh, but mostly, if they're not taking over the case, they're just there to assist. Yeah. So and and being in Bibb County, I mean, we've handled some some pretty pretty major cases.
0: Well, let me let me go Hollywood here on you. Let me ask you this: What's your biggest collar?
1: Oh, and I had a I had a guy. Several years ago, and he he was probably one of the smartest guys I locked up. He uh he was from Indiana, and uh, he came down here, and he was just into identity theft, and uh he was doing a lot of a lot of work, and a lot of his uh I guess activity was done on the dark web and the deep web, and uh, he knew how to do a lot of things. I mean, he was using people's identities, and he was uh making purchases, having stuff delivered to his mother's house from China, uh, ordering furniture, renting out apartments, buying cars, uh. To the point that it, it it intrigued me you know and i actually i got to the point that i had enough arresting but it kind of got to the point that i actually was studying this guy to see kind of what he was doing and what his next move was uh, when he when he finally did get locked up i actually brought him up to the office and put a computer in front of him and said hey show me show me how you did some of this stuff i would like to know and he did he obliged me and and showed me a few things but uh his, his kind of scheme from the get-go just just on a street type hustle is that uh he would actually uh, get drugs and I would say like methamphetamine, but he would not use the drugs and he would find people who use the drugs, drug users, and he would have them go out and steal mail out of people's mailboxes and bring the mail to him. And he would distribute the drugs to them for the mail in exchange. Mm -hmm. And he, and he created a a very, very large database of uh, identities, uh, personal information uh, by just that simple means of of drug distribution. And, uh, but his work online and his work, uh, on the computer was was
0: very intriguing. He was a very smart individual. Wow, that's, so, that sounds. Nuts. Let me ask this question: If he has people pilfering the U.S. mails, isn't that a federal crime? Uh, it
1: is. It is. Uh, but you, at that point, it kind of it kind of depends on who wants to work the case. Uh, you know, the We work very closely with the U.S. Postal Inspector, and they they are the ones that normally take over those cases and uh, present those in uh, federal court. But uh, it, it just kind of depends. Like I said. In that instance, I can't specifically remember. That was five, six, seven, eight years ago. That they probably did take over those uh, charges, and mm-hmm. I just kept the charges on the individual uh, that I ended up locking up. But uh, but yeah, you're correct. That that would be a federal charge.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a strange kind of. You, you, I just don't think about that when I think about crime. I think about bank robbers and purse snatchers. I I just let me ask you this: uh, if yeah. if, you, if you had to give somebody some advice, if you said, hey, if I say, hey, Danny. What, what's the best way that I can protect myself from this type of cybercrime? What would you say to me?
1: Change your passwords. Change your passwords regularly. That's the uh, one of the biggest things. I don't have seen the news recently. I believe uh, the social media website, Facebook, just had a, a, a leak, 500 million plus users.
0: Holy cow. Uh,
1: there's, there's breaches all the time. I mean, LinkedIn's been breached. Uh, that was a major breach a while back. So it's just good, the, the change of passwords. I mean, you hear of everything from a former president's getting their Twitters hacked, uh, to, you know, people getting their, their bank account. get a lot, I mean, it's very easy. I mean, a, a general, uh, student, uh, even ethical hacking, somebody who knew a little bit about Cali Linux or, or something about penetration testing. They could get your information if they wanted to, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely change your
0: passwords and be, be wary of that. Wow. Now what about, um, uh, debit cards?
1: Uh, debit cards. Uh, we've actually seen a big uptick in, uh, skimmers and making, and, uh, those who aren't aren't uh, familiar with what a skimmer is, it's just kind of a device. And I mean, you can order them on Amazon these days, and uh, they come in all different shapes and sizes. You can click them onto uh, ATM machine. They look just like the little green circle that you slide your card in to get your money. Uh, I've seen some faces that actually click right on the little card machine inside of a gas store. Wow. Uh, they're also you can put them on the gas pump. So what that does is when you slide your card, it'll send a like a Bluetooth transmission to. Uh, the suspect, wherever they are, they could be sitting in a parking lot on a, on a laptop or whatnot, and they'll collect your card data. Uh, once they get that data, you can buy, uh, like 500 blank, you know, American Express cards offline, and they're just blank cards with a magnet strip. Wow. So once you get that data, you put a card reader, swipe that card, and then you can just get your little imposer, impose the numbers on it, impose a fake name on it, create a fake ID, and go to town. I can go spend how much ever I want, and it'll be coming out of your account. Yeah, Typically, well, they won't go to Walmart or something. They'll actually go to like uh, Walgreens or something to buy a couple of five hundred dollar piece of gift cards. Which then the trail kind of goes cold because those yeah. gift cards are kind of hard to track. So there's a perfect layout plan for any listener you have that <laughs> want to commit financial theft. Uh, well, I, I got to yeah, just just basic stuff like that that people don't think about. You know,
0: yeah, well, I got to be honest, I I don't think about it, and I think it's also important not to use the same password for everything. Right. That is correct. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I would definitely suggest uh, uh, a second off auth- authentication, you know, if you're using something, a password manager, yeah. uh, unique passwords and not one, two, three, four, five, not password, <laughs> not, you
0: know, things of that nature. Hey, so, wait, but that, I, that's, that's the same combination as my luggage. Wait a minute. No, I'm just
1: kidding. Yeah, exactly. So, and I've seen a couple, you know, set in a couple seminars and stuff by uh, a group LifeLock and uh, they're probably one of the best ones out there. I've seen so far to manage your uh, personal information. So, if anybody's looking to have somebody kind of monitor it, I don't personally use Lifelock, uh, but they—I've heard great things about them. So, just just companies like that in general. I mean, they're they're out there about a dozen, but oh, it's good yeah. to have your stuff monitored.
0: Well, Danny, i got to be honest with you, this is not at all what I expected. I expected us to talk about foot chases and guns and shootouts (laughs) and knivings, but this has been interesting. I think we've taken an interesting turn because, like I said, all those letters behind your certifications, I saw that you had a lot of them on your LinkedIn, so you've filled a lot of roles in in the law enforcement world. Uh,
1: That's true, yeah, and one thing to add, too, it kind of slipped my mind, and I even thought about it before you called it, that I was going to bring up, is that I... I do uh dabble a lot with our hazmat in uh, Bibb County. Uh, I've been through some hazmat classes and, and work with a lot of firefighters. And uh, the hazmat gear that we use, of course, Tyvek suits, uh, the SCBAs, things of that nature, uh, it, it's very important. You know, i have going through those courses and stuff. I haven't seen it personally myself. I've been on a couple uh, hazmat calls. We had one recently in Macon. Uh, I'm sure you can see it in the news. Uh, a scare of anthrax being yep. delivered to our federal yep. courthouse at uh we I did responded that, out yeah. there to that, yeah, so that incident and, and had the Bibb County Fire Department uh, hazmat team, the hazmat tech show up. Wow. And so I was down there assisting with them. So it's that, that equipment, uh, you can't stress enough of how important that stuff is. I know it, uh, I've heard, you know, complacency. I've heard of, oh, it's such a, such a, uh, a hassle to put this stuff on, but it, it's, you don't want it to be too late. Oh, yeah. To so be putting it on when it's time to be needed.
0: Well, so. it, it's the old argument you'd rather, uh, you have it and not need it, then need it and not have it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you train with the firefighters, like I said. I I know a lot of firefighters, and uh, is there is is there sort of a spirited rivalry between the police and the firefighters, or is it that just something? Yeah, in the there, movie there,
1: there is. We we you know you hear the old jokes of, uh, well, why do we have police officers? Because firefighters need heroes. And you hear vice <laughs> versa, you know, from military to, to you know everybody but yeah. yeah there is but i can tell you this some of the, the courses i've been through uh a lot of police officers train and are familiar with uh the police academy up in forsyth it's the georgia public safety training center sure there's I've been also there, the yeah. georgia fire yeah the georgia fire safety training center is uh kind of right behind it they train yeah. a lot of firefighters and stuff.
0: i've been so there one many of the last times class,
1: yeah yeah one of the last classes i went through i was it was me and i think two guys from the gbi with only law enforcement in there and i uh, just going over hazmat stuff and it definitely gives you a, a whole new respect to, to see, you know, the first responder side of a firefighter and the training that they have, the knowledge, these, these guys are sharp. I mean, they, they deal with more just than just showing up with a water hose and putting out a, a burning building. I mean, oh, yeah. there's some sharp guys. True. So, true. yeah, there, there's always that friendly rivalry. But, you know, <laughs> deep down inside, when we show up on a scene, it, it's, you know, we're there to handle business just oh, like yeah. them. So.
0: All very professional, I'm sure. Oh yeah, of well, course. Well Danny, course. we're running about twenty two minutes, so this this is a pretty long show, but I think it's been a very interesting oh. one and uh you've given yeah, me I some valuable insights, some things that I had never thought of, and I wanna thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: Uh-huh. well I definitely uh, appreciate you having me today.
0: Yeah, and I heard you got some guests coming over, so I know you gotta go. So uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap yeah, it up. Yeah,
1: I was I was literally about to sit down and and read a book. <laughs> <laughs> and I had some guests coming over, so Okay. But, uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate talking with a, uh, a witty brain like yourself today, Mr. Oh, Perry. So thank you. you I, me.
0: I appreciate it, Danny. And listen, uh, uh, you just hang on, and I'll close the show, and then we'll have a couple of words after we get off the air. But uh, thank you for coming on. And once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Made for Life podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be airing pretty soon, so I look forward to you guys getting to hear it. And thanks again, Danny Putnam, for being on. Remember, it's the Made for Life podcast brought to you by brought to you by the good people at Tinkata Protective Fabrics.